5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. All right, we are back with another interesting person and actually one of my favorite people that takes breath on this on this planet is another Steve. So we had a Steve on last week and and now we have a Steve on this week. And so I'm going to let Steve introduce himself. Steve, how you doing? I am doing I am doing 100% doing. I I'd like to say I'm doing great. But I'm not. I'd love to say I'm doing amazing, but that would be a lie. I'm doing. I'm here. I'm alive. Praise God for that. And this whole coronavirus, this whole COVID-19 thing has definitely uh, added extra stress and extra craziness to, to life. And still a month and a half into this or so, is it's, it's still hard to figure out what, what's my next move, what's our next move. And so I'm doing so how have you been staying sane? Any good techniques you can give to the to the rest of the people looking to <laughs> be sane? Well, I, I, I know a lot of people are probably uh, finding alternative ways to stay sane. Not all of them the best ways to stay sane. There is what other type of vice could I add to my uh, my life that might take away some of the pain? So sometimes that there's a little bit more beverages consumed than probably should be. There's also uh, probably more chocolate chip cookies or Doritos or other things around the house that are consumed other than uh, uh, those healthy things that we should be doing. And then there's some days that I'm sitting going, oh, I know what I'll do. I need to just, I need to cut back from everything. So I'm not going to eat today. And then tomorrow I eat four times as much because I'm super hungry. So none of the uh, the ways of trying to stay sane are really working very well. The, the thing that works the best is uh, spending time with God has been one of those things that has really been something that's been helpful. Oh, I didn't really introduce myself, did I? I'm Pastor Steve from Zion Lutheran Church in Brainerd, Minnesota. I have been a pastor here in Brainerd, Minnesota for eight years. I've been wow. a pastor for almost 11 years. Isn't that hard to believe? It is hard to believe. Yeah, Steve and I took summer Greek together. I mean, and that was, I don't know, how long ago was that? Summer of 2005. So that was a while ago. Yeah, so we took summer Greek together. We're in a uh, a Greek study group. Um, so we spent lots of time together, but grateful for Steve and being able to have him on the show and, and be able to tell us how he's doing. And, and even because some of the things I've noticed that Steve, you do is you, you have this whole reading a book. Yes. How did you start that? My wife is a teacher's assistant in, a, in an elementary school. And when all of this started here up in Minnesota, it was supposed to start on a Wednesday and the governor was shutting everything down and schools were going to be shut down on Wednesday. And so that Monday, Tuesday, everybody was kind of kicking around, well, what are we going to do for these kids who are home? How are we going to do this uh, distance learning? How are we going to do all of the, the the teaching things that need to take place that normally are happening in a classroom? How is that going to work? And while they were talking about that, I started thinking, well, if this all happens like they're saying it's going to happen, how are we going to do church? And not only just church, what are we doing for Sunday school? What are we doing for families with kids at home? In my office at uh, 
at the church, I had a, a stack of arch books by CPH, which are little uh, little books, little kids' books. All of them are written for the most part in rhyming fashion. So I thought, well, I've got some of those. I'll try reading some of those at least. We'll try one a day and see how that works. And I did it for a week, and I thought, well, that a week should be a about enough. And uh, as I got closer to the, the end of the week, there were a number of people who had contacted me and said, we love the fact that you're reading stories to our kids. We love the fact that that the church cares for our kids, that they're, they're wanting to make sure that they're hearing the gospel story, hearing the story of creation or the Noah's flood or the, the Old Testament stories. And in a way that's not straight from the Bible, that it's Hard for the kids to understand, but with pictures and allowing them to understand the story in a in a Sunday school type of way. And so I started reading more. I had a, a couple families that had contacted me and said, I think it's so cool because my kid has said, that's great. I love that Pastor Steve is reading me a story every day. The younger kids were taking it as if I was reading this to them specifically, and they were excited and looked forward to those times during the day. I, I've heard from other families who have used the story time with Pastor Steve as a as a way to close the day as their their evening devotion with their kids. And I think I've missed two days since we started. So I have, I think, another 40 arch books left to read. And hopefully by then we'll be back to life as what was normal-ish, I guess. But my thought was, as after about the second week of doing this, was that it would be great if other people would start reading their kids. And maybe not their kids, but what about their grandkids? Find a, find a little book and read a book for kids. So the kids can understand, yeah, they've got the stuff from their teachers because that's important. They got you know, the online education stuff. But how cool would it be if grandma or grandpa or aunt or uncle or somebody would read a story so that their grandkids or nieces or nephews would have a chance to feel important, especially since we can't be in the same place with each other. So how many arch books are there total? <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> There's, I'm going to guess, a couple hundred arch books. It's kind of funny that uh, in the last couple of weeks, there have been stories that I've read, and you know, Jesus feeding the 5,000 with fish, the fish and the loaves. And one was written in like 1960, and then one was written in 70 something. And so it's just the same story, but written and illustrated by different people. And so the words are different, but the story is the same. And that's kind of cool. How has your family been through this? They have been, we've got three kids. Uh, David, our oldest, is at uh, North Dakota State University in Fargo, North, North Dakota. He has been, uh, he was home right before this all took place, and that's been the last time we've had the chance to see him. He moved back right away to the school after they reopened it up. They kicked everybody out of the dorms and had everybody move out, but if they, if the students worked in the Fargo area and didn't live normally in the Fargo area. They allowed the, the students to move back into the dorms. And so he's been living in the dorm there since that time and going to work and, and doing his online education there at, at the school with no roommate and no nobody else really on his floor or so that's been kind of interesting. So that's for him there. He's two, two and a half hours from us, but seems to be doing fairly well with everything. 
We have Lydia is our daughter who is uh, here at the community college and has hated it the whole time. It was doing better in the fall when it was regular classes, go to class, sit down, take notes. But the online learning has not been very good for her. She has struggled greatly with staying focused and remembering to go to class and take the note. She's got a mostly full-time job working at, a, at the YMCA's child care for those essential workers. And so she spends her days there. And then by the time she gets home is not thinking about school because she's doing her part trying to take care of other people's kids. So she's been doing that. And our youngest, Jonathan, is a freshman in high school who has given up his his dream for uh, this year, which was his uh, would be his first year, his freshman year of baseball, high school baseball. He was has been training ever since baseball ended his eighth grade year. He started training to be high school baseball player. That has that's been difficult for us as a family because he is so committed to that and has traveled with travel teams and done different things that he misses that, which means he misses his friends, which means he misses just the the teamwork and all of that. So that's been his attitude is his mood. He has good days and then he has some not so good days, angry. And then he's got days where he's very reserved and very removed. The online education stuff for him has been fairly easy. It's been easier for him to do it than it was than it is for Lydia. The not being able to see friends and not play baseball and not just before we went on, I got his bike has been in working order for the last couple of weeks. So he's been out riding and he really wanted to go out on a kayak today with mom. And I said, uh, well, it is 50 degrees, so it is warm, but the water temperature is probably at about 38 to 40. So I'm thinking maybe not the best day to go kayaking yet. So why don't you go for a bike ride? So the two of them are out riding the 10 miles to the state park and back. What has your church been doing? How have people been handling not being able to meet? And So we have done a couple different things. I mean, one is the story time with Pastor Steve. That's a, a daily thing. And we've got online worship services every Sunday at uh, nine o'clock that it's broadcast on Facebook and YouTube, and then on a local radio station at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. We've got that. We have been doing for the last five weeks, I think it is now, we've done Zoom Bible studies on Sunday mornings, which have been have been interesting. Uh, some of the folks who normally would come to Bible study, uh, some of the older folks that have absolutely no idea how to turn on a computer. So they are not in the, the local, the normal, Zoom Bible study times. But some of the families who don't attend Bible class on a regular basis, we've had several, at least one-time visitors that have come to, to be a part of Bible class via Zoom. So that's been kind of interesting is just the the opportunity that, that people are looking. People are are wanting to know where is God in the midst of all of this. Our normal worship service, worship attendance before all of this took place. We were averaging around 160, 165 people between three different services. We do two Sunday morning services and then one Monday night service. And we were averaging about 160 to 165 between those three services. And now between Facebook and YouTube and and whatnot, we're averaging around 850 to 900 people that have at least watched or listened to part of the service. Which Great increase. Praise God for that. 
That is just amazing, it, which puts a little bit more pressure on me because I you know, want to make sure that I'm still doing what's right and want to make the services come across in a, in a way that's done professionally, while at the same time, it's me and my wife and my freshman and college daughter leading the, the music, and um, none of us are professional musicians. Our son, Jonathan, the freshman in high school, who has been the the videographer, the one who's been putting together the video portion of the service. We're all learning. So by the time this is done, who knows what is going to come from that. So tell me in all of this, what do you, what do you think God's been teaching you? First thing I would say, what God's been teaching me is to rely on him. Because there are a whole, every every time we do a worship service and we record the worship service and the, the whole process, there's always something that goes wrong. If I let that get to me, that then becomes my God. Uh, the worship service itself becomes my God, which sounds like that's an okay thing, but the reality is it's not. Is it a reflection of who I am? Did I, did I do enough? Did I, did I perform well? Did I make sure that I did all that I could do so that this would uh, come across as, as the best thing? And if it doesn't come across as the best thing, will people talk poorly of me? The worship service has the opportunity to become my God, that I want to make sure it is perfect for, well, for my sake, so I don't look bad. So learning through all of the times that we have done the services now, learning that things are going to go wrong, and that's okay. And those are those are times for me to reflect again that it's not about me doing the best for my own sake, but that it's me doing for God for his sake so that he would receive the glory. So I think of uh, the, the 23rd Psalm has been something that's been rolling around in my head a lot lately. One, because it's one that everybody knows. It's got so many different values, so many different areas, so many different levels to it, not just the one that everybody thinks about. You know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's definitely a good funeral or uh, helping a family deal with somebody's uh, impending death. But it's a very good everyday psalm to remind us that God is our shepherd, that God, the creator of the universe, the one who who does all, has sent his son to suffer and die and rise again for each of us because of his love for us, he is our shepherd. And if he's our shepherd and he knows us by name and he calls us, we should we should follow. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I'd like to lay down in a green pasture right about now. That would <laughs> that would be nice. Everybody could be social distanced from me, but if we could all just lay down in a green pasture or he could lead me beside still waters, which I'm sure John and Liz would have loved for kayaking, but the wind up here the last couple of days has been crazy. So no still waters. He restores my soul. Well, Sometimes to get your soul restored, you need to have it broken, to have it knocked down a little bit because because we need to be refilled with with his love and his grace and his forgiveness. Green pastures, still waters. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. There it is. He leads me into those places for for his namesake that uh, he would receive all glory and praise and honor. And the more I focus on that, because let me tell you, there have been times in these last weeks that there have been people at church who have not been the nicest. Shh, don't don't tell anybody else. Don't it, it will be surprising for people to know, but uh, 
but Christians can sometimes be jerks. There have been times that I've gotten to church to, to record that I say, you know, I don't care. I don't care if I do this. Does it matter? Is it really that important? I don't care. I just don't care. And then realizing, you know, well, one, that's a really bad attitude on my part. But two, I'm not doing it for those people. I mean, the Lord's using it for those people, but I'm not doing it for their sake, but for his sake. Because that's what he's he's called me to be as a pastor. I've been called to do this for his name's sake. Okay, Lord, I get it. I will do today's service and I won't be angry at the people. <sighs> Allow that to um, be on your plate and not mine because you promised. You know, how does that end? You have a banquet for me in the presence of my enemies. I like the 23rd Psalm. <laughs> Because not all of my enemies are people that is not just Satan outside in the world, but often even in our congregations that, that we've got enemies who are being used by Satan, not because they're bad people, but because they get caught in the, the same things I get caught in, the, the selfishness and the, the desire for my own namesake to be glorified or get it my way or, or keep me happy and we get lost. And so we all need to be reminded that, that those enemies are not those people in our congregation, but in fact, Satan. That we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of evil in dark places. Because what I see in you, Steve, is a light. And so you can be that light. And I mean, that's what you're putting out right now. Like, even though sometimes you still have those struggles internally, and you still have those struggles, you know, that people are trying to put on you, but you're you're still just trying to put out the light. And you're saying, this is going to win. The light's always going to win over the darkness. Anything else you'd, you'd like people to know? Well, first, northern Minnesota is beautiful. And so uh, y'all need to come up here and keep your corona down there. It's a great place to visit. It's a great place to, uh, but yeah, if there's something to, to say to people who are who are sitting at home or in their car or in a hospital bed or uh, an empty dorm room is that as much as we feel like we're alone and we feel that we're, we are not together, we're not, <laughs> we're not together. We are separated. We are distanced from each other. All the TV commercials say, say you know, we're all in this together. We're going to stay together separate or however they say it. Yeah, I get what they're saying, but the reality is, is we are really apart. We aren't being able to hang out with each other. We're not getting the, the spiritual or the physical uplifting. And, and you look at, you go back to the Garden of Eden and what does sin do? Sin separates. Sin comes and it kills, and it destroys, and it separates. You think about uh, the relationship between God and, and Adam and Eve in the garden. Their relationship was separated because of sin. God removed them from the Garden of Eden. God placed an angel to, to keep them out. God allowed there to become separation because of sin. How did that help the relationship between Adam and Eve? Eve, your desire will be for your husband. Excellent. Even if, even though you don't want it to be, that's what it will be. And Adam, life's going to be hard for you because of this. It's going to separate you from the joy, separate you from each other. You just have to go to Cain and Abel to see where it even separated them from life. We are separate, and we need to understand that we are separate, and we are in need of being brought together. And the only one who really brings us together, who really has the ability to bring us together, is God. God, through his son Jesus coming and being 
separated from the Father. Jesus on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that picture in my mind is always a picture of separation. The Father and his Son, Jesus, were were separated because of sin. They were, the punishment of separation was placed upon Jesus, and he made sure everybody knew it. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that separation is so evident now for us. Physical, visible separation, and it stinks, and it's terrible, and we don't like it. And so we need Jesus. We need to have the Savior who came to suffer and die and rise again to bring us life. We need him, and we need him individually. We need him in our families. We need him in our communities. We definitely need him in our country. Start tearing down the things that truly separate us, which is sin, and start repenting from our sins and start following our good shepherd who came to give us life so that we'd have it abundantly, where the thief came to steal and to kill and to destroy and separate. Jesus came to bring us life. And until we allow him to be our good shepherd, until we allow him to be our Lord and Savior, we're going to just continue to live in separation. Yeah, it's an interesting, the difference between Satan is he's steal, kill, destroy, separate. And Jesus talks a lot about unity and bringing us together, right? And we were then brought together through him. But yeah, it's a, a really great piece of here's this separation over here and we see that it is this is what's being sown and then we also have Jesus who's like yep we're going to flip that upside down we're actually going to head towards unity and not towards separation good point well I appreciate your time and I know that that everyone is going to benefit from your words you have a wonderful rest of the day we'll continue to pray for you your family and your church as you start to get all this stuff uh, figured out. Thank you, and God's blessings to you and your family and your ministry, both through the congregation and online and the podcast and all of the different ways. All right. Love you, Steve. Love you too, Dr. Phil. Tell your family I love them too. I will. I will. You do the same with yours. I know this episode was a little bit longer today, but I hope you enjoyed listening to Steve and all of his great insight, especially with the, you know, Psalm 23 and how that can be daily applied to the things that we're going through right now. All right, everybody, we will see you tomorrow and be back again with uh, some more interesting people. Have a good day. Be well. Be well.